Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Come on, side, side, What up, y'all? Welcome to Come On, Son, the podcast. It's me, Ed Lover. How's everybody doing? Everybody got beef? Y'all got any beef out there? Does fucking everybody got beef? Does anybody not have beef nowadays except me? Am I like the, am I like Mr. Don't Have Beef? Like, in the whole world, I ain't got no beef with nobody. Does everybody got beef? Because to me, it seems like just people just like the beef, like, for some reason, like, it's crazy. It started like the the whole world went super nuts on the Cat Williams shit, right? Fifty million people saw the Club Shay Shay interview with Cat Williams. Then it came back again, and then Monique had some shit to say about Oprah and Tyler Perry, and then she get on stage and apologize, and the comedians are beefing. Then I looked up and Donnell Rollins, aka Ashley Larry for Chappelle Show, and Corey Holcomb had some beef. Did, did y'all catch that? Like, Donnell was in at a Corey Holcomb show somewhere in L.A., and, and, and they was going back and forth, and Donnell was in the audience, and Corey Holcomb was on stage. Did y'all catch a little a little bit of that? If not, Cam, give me a little bit of that right now. Nobody agree? So I'm wrong. Okay, I can be wrong. I'm talking about, but we at the, we at the uh, what is this called? This is the Laugh Factory. If we was at the Savoy, you wouldn't be able to be up here that long. You be like, get your whole ass down. I came up in the hardest rooms in Brooklyn. And you ain't never. And you ain't never with them rooms. You just yelling. Because I do have a mic. I can talk to you straight up. You want to talk about it? You saying I'm mild. You saying I ain't come through the streets or the gutters. It's straight bull. And if you want to ask somebody, ask the mother. You know what I do. Fucking comedians, y'all. Comedians got beef. That shit crazy. Comedians. The people that are supposed to be making us laugh got fucking beef. Shit is ridiculous. I ain't beefing with nobody, man. Back in the days, we had all kind of radio wars in, in New York City. We was beefing back and forth between the two radio stations, especially... When I was in New York and uh, Power 105 came on, 
because for so many years, Hot 97 was the only hip-hop, all-hip-hop station in New York. I should know. It was, you know, it was one of the pioneers of that station. Came on that station in 1993. Then left in the left, uh, late 90s, went to L.A. for like two years. Got let go in L.A. Still had a guaranteed contract, which was good because the money didn't stop. Every two weeks, I was getting paid like a motherfucker. And then got the call from the late, great Steve Smith to come back to New York and start Power 105. It was the turn, return of Ed, Lisa, and Dre. Then we went through so many different, you know, incarnations of the morning show. But then there was one time that it was just like all of this shit was going back and forth between Power 105 and Hot 97 and... Steph Lover, that was with us, and then she was there first, and she was with us, and then she was up there, and then Hunt Flex got into it, and then me and Flex said some stuff back and forth to each other, and it wasn't cool, and then we finally were smart enough to get on the phone with each other and was like, yo, dude, we don't own these stations. Like, what the fuck are we beefing for? Like, this shit is stupid. Like, why are you trying to represent something you don't own? That's, that's the same shit you see in the streets, right? You see, this is my hood. But you don't you don't own nothing. You don't own a house on that block. You don't own nothing. And you're protecting territory that does not belong to you. And that's the same thing that that we were doing. It's a lot of the same thing that I see in the comedy world now. Like it's a lot of clout chasing going on. Who thought whose Netflix special was funny? How many Netflix specials you know had? How many Specials you done had, all of this. It's just like, it's real corny. And these are grown-ass people. Like, these people, like, if you think about Monique sitting up there talking about D.L. Hughley and them, Monique and D.L. and them are, like, in their 50s. Like, they may be 60. They may be in their 60s. And all of this built-up frustration, just write a book or something. Like, put it out in a book. All of these same frustrations behind Precious and and Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey and and uh, Lee Daniels, that shit is so old. Like, why are we still we still talking about this shit? And it's like, I can under you know what beef I probably could understand if it nobody's really talking about it anymore, but if it was a long lasting beef like forever. Will Smith and 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 Chris Rock. That hands were laid on somebody. That kind of shit I can understand. But we talking about pressures. Like you got your Academy Award. Why are we still dwelling on what happened and who was right and who was wrong? And then I get into talking to somebody else about my feelings on it, and then they don't agree with me. And I'm like, oh man, what what the fuck ever right now? Like. At this point, like, who the fuck cares, yo? For real. This is beef. Podcast beef and I don't, I don't care. I don't care. There's room for everybody. I, I don't care. You know what I mean? You don't see drink champs going at Joe Budden or Joe Budden going at million dollars worth of game or anybody like that. Like, they even tried to... to do some Drewski versus Marcus Banks type of young comedian shit. You know what I mean? This room 
It's room for everybody. That's how I feel about it. Like, hip-hop was something else because hip-hop was always that competitive thing, but we just got to look into the world of comedy that a lot of us don't want to see. But hip-hop is, is different. And the females, they be just... I don't understand why y'all can't coexist. Like, where's where's the fe- the female beef coming from? That's the kind of shit that perplexed me. Like, it's just like this world is is beefing, and and the stuff that we're paying attention to is really not the stuff that we should be paying attention to. Like, there's so many other things that's going on in this world that we're not paying attention to. This is 2024. This is February 2024. We have an election coming up. Instead of us concentrating our minds and souls on listening intently to both candidates, or if you're going to vote independent, all three candidates, we worrying about who beefing. You look at over here and the fire is over there. You're all, you're all the way over here to the left. And the fire is right there and, it, and it's coming towards you. and You're not paying attention to it. It's the kind of shit that pisses me off. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense, the kind of things that we pay attention to. So the other day, I was on social media, and I saw this gentleman on there, and he was speaking. And he was talking about how black people spend 98% of our money outside of our community, right? How we spend, like I said, 98% of our money outside of our community and the money never circulates back into into the black community. And that, I, I went on and I said something about it. And I think I said, there's a lot of layers to that. Like, if you really want to look at it, black people were not able to get loans in this country to open businesses the way whites were allowed to, the way Asians were allowed to, and some Latino people were allowed to. We always put on ourselves that we don't stick together and that we don't pool our resources and do certain things. Because, first of all, who knew? Who knows about it? It's, it's easier to pool your resources with somebody that's already successful in the business. Right. But even white people get caught up like that. Look at Bernie Madoff and and the whole Ponzi scheme thing. Look look at American greed anytime. And look at some of these white people that have lost their whole entire life savings behind believing that somebody had this kind of company that was successful and the company wasn't. So we don't historically have a lot of money. So we don't have a lot of money to fuck around and play with. Most black people in the United States will live in check to check. So we didn't have a, a huge source of extra income to invest. And we didn't really know anyone in our neighborhoods that we could invest with because we weren't given opportunities. And then when we created our own opportunities, our t- opportunities were shut down by racist white Americans and there was no consequence to their actions. Look at the Tulsa riots, look at... Look at other riots that happen. Four or five hundred black people get killed, all the stores and stuff and banks and stuff and dentist offices and doctor's offices that we owned get torn down 
and there's no repercussions or consequences to the people that did it. So it shows you that every time we try to do something, it gets fucked up. Now, here's another problem that we have, and this is what I asked for a solution for, and nobody could come up with one. We have the opportunity now to be wealthier than our parents ever were. We have the opportunity now to do some things. Even our kids have the opportunity to do some things that we have never been able to accomplish. That being said, once you reach a certain level and you come from a certain community of wealth or status, monetarily or otherwise, we don't circulate the money back into the community (laughs) because we move out of the community. Now ask yourself, why do we move out of the community? Because we have seen examples many, many times of people who stayed in the community and what happened to them when they stayed in the community for too long. Two of the examples that I used was Nipsey Hussle trying to open up the marathon stores and circulate that money right back into the neighborhood where he came from, and he ends up getting killed by somebody that he knew. My other example was Jam Master J, and I was taking a carpet on that one because somebody said, well, Ed, you can't use Jay because Jay was killed behind a drug deal that he was dealing with. But my point of the matter was Jay was stuck in the neighborhood doing what he was doing, trying to keep his studio because he stayed in the neighborhood too long and was helping people. And then when the IRS came calling, he didn't even have any money left. That's why we don't circulate our newfound wealth into our neighborhoods because you cannot stay there. My point being that black people in America cannot open a store in an all-Italian neighborhood, Irish neighborhood, Russian neighborhood, Czechoslovakian neighborhood, and get those people to buy goods out of your store and then take your wealth back to your own neighborhood. Every other ethnicity was afforded that right except black people in America and probably Indians. Everyone else that you could think of, an Irish person could open a store in the middle of a black neighborhood. A Chinese person can open up a string of Chinese restaurants in the black neighborhood. A white man can open supermarkets in the black neighborhood, take their money and circulate it back into their neighborhood. And nine times out of 10, they don't have the fear of being killed in their own neighborhood. Why do you think when we get money, we move the fuck out of our neighborhoods? And I am a living example of that. Soon as I got some bread, I got the fuck out of Queens. Immediately, because of my fear of being killed just behind jealousy, just behind the things that people were saying about me when I made it on your TV raps the way I don't think I'm with the neighborhood no more. I don't come around no more. I don't do the things that I used to do. You cannot stay there. So my money that I made did not stay in the neighborhood. It did not circulate the neighborhood out of fear for my life. Out of fear. How many basketball players, entertainers that didn't even live in their neighborhood have you heard about being killed just because they had some money? or being tied up, or being robbed, 
or an example of Pop Smoke breaking in and shooting him to death. You have a fear of your own people that more than likely other people don't fear. Now, maybe some Italian shop owners had a fear of being muscled by certain people. And if you go back and look at the Hell's Kitchen story, the Irish mob, they were extorting their own people in their neighborhood. But even some of the biggest, most well-known drug dealers that for some reason black people admired that was killing people left and right and bringing down our property value, but we still admired them for some dumbass black reason. They either went to jail or they were killed in the neighborhood. So the money does not circulate that way because of the opportunities that we weren't given. If we were all given opportunities in the 50s and 60s to open up thriving businesses in our own neighborhoods with loans that we were supposed to be given because of the GI Bill, we could have been separate but equal. But that's not what America's ever wanted. They wanted separate and unequal. They want to be in your neighborhood and sell their goods and run your shit and own the property in your neighborhood and then take it back to their communities and let it thrive in their communities. You can see an Italian community and everything is owned by Italian people like that. You you could go to uh, Chinatown and everything down there is owned and operated by Chinese people, but they still got to worry about extortion, extortion from the gangs. They got to worry about extortion from the Chinese uh, Italian mob, the Chinese mob, the Mexican mob, the Russian mob, the Czechoslovakian mob, the Irish mob. They could take it back into their communities and have a decent living, worry-free of being killed by somebody 90% of the times, unless it's some gang-related shit in their neighborhood. We get killed just for hate, just because you got a new car. Oh, Jay-Z thinks he's all out. You think Jay-Z would not love to circulate his money into Marcy Projects? He cannot do it. He can't do it. He from the hood. Beyonce, not from the hood. And she can't go back to where she lived in Texas and just live there and live a wonderful life and say, I'm going to open some stores here and I'm going to circulate this money back into our neighborhood. They make it so difficult. They, they put such a high interest rate on any loan that you get that you have to charge more than other people. There were mom and pop stores when I grew up. There were a few in my neighborhood, in Queens, my section of Queens, North Queens. There were black-owned doctors and dentists and all of there was. I remember a, a, a man that I knew, a black man that had a a, a a hardware store on Hollis Avenue. He couldn't survive. We don't have pizza shops. We love pizza. We don't have pizza shops. You know, what we can open up. We can open up a funeral parlor. We can open up a beauty salon. We can open a barbershop up. But they not going to let you open up no check cash place. Ain't no white person in America going to, in any white neighborhood, is going to let black people open up a string of businesses in their neighborhood and they do business with them. Guarantee somebody going to try to burn your shit down. Guarantee. To, to right now, to 2024, 
We always make it looks like make it look like it's our fault, but the cards in the decks were stacked against you a long time ago. Okay, when your parents went, or your father, or your uncle, or somebody went, and they fought in the war, and when they came back, the GI Bill promised everybody an interest-free loan so they could buy a house. This was a federal thing that was by law. Then. They took it and made the states decide who got the loans. You think fucking black people got them loans? You've never heard of redlining. Where they redlined us into one neighborhood and made sure our property value wasn't as much as other neighborhoods. How Long Island was built. I don't know if you listen to this podcast or you skim through it, but sometimes I drop some real shit on you. Long Island was built because black people moved out of Brooklyn, the Bronx, in Manhattan, in the, in, the, in the projects, and got money, and bought some houses, and white people flee, left Queens like a motherfucker in droves, and went to Long Island. That's how Robert, or whatever his name is, made all those causeways. That's how Long Island and Hempstead, and the more we moved into Hempstead and Long Island and all that, they moved further out, further out to Suffolk County, further out. They go as far as they can fucking go. Their kids started coming back into the city, but the parents and all of that, the people that's now 70, 80, 90, they went all the way the fuck out there to stay away from black people. Cross Bay Boulevard in Queens, New York, used to be straight Italian. Straight Italian. And all the shops and everything was owned by Italian people. Bella Chico Bread Company that used to thrive in my neighborhood. You could smell the bread all over the place. Was owned by Italians. What the fuck you think Italian people going to let black people open up a bread company in their neighborhood? Even if it's in an industrial park. Y'all know how this shit was stacked. Stop blaming it on us. It's not all our fault. Because every time we try to do something, our shit get fucked up with no repercussions, either by some other people or even by the fucking police themselves looking for a handout. Y'all saw Canaan when Rock said, I'm done, and she took some of her money and opened up a little strip mall, and the cops kept busting out her windows and fucking with her plumbing and all of that shit because they wanted a handout. It make it difficult for us to do anything, and they always have, and they always will. It's not for our lack of trying Go back and look at your history. We like to sit up there and we like to blame shit on ourselves. That we don't buy black. We don't. Yes, we do. The money doesn't circulate in the community because when we get it, we leave the community. And why do we leave the community? For fear. Because of fear is the reason why we move out of the goddamn community. It ain't no two ways about it. You cannot stay. I understand what Homeboy was saying who hit me and said Jam Master J is not a good example, but I think Jam Master J is a great example of a man who spent his money in the community trying to help the community. Then when he got fucked up, he had to turn to some illegal shit to try to strive, and he stayed in the community. Can you imagine if Jay had took his money and said, I'm opening up my studio in Manhattan, he would have never got killed in his own studio. If Nipsey would have said, I'm opening up this store, but I'm opening it up somewhere else, he would have got killed in front of his own damn store or in the back parking lot or wherever it happens. Every time we try to do something, especially if you're famous, 
especially if you're famous. I'll say it again, especially if you're famous. Mr. Dobbins had the grocery store right there. Eddie had the barbershop right there on Murdoch Avenue that we used to go to. But we didn't own them fucking supermarkets. We didn't own Pathmark and A&P or Publix or Kroger or none of that shit. We don't own Walmart. Walmart completely wiped out most of the little hardware stores that people had of any color. Of any color. Watch the Walmart store. If you don't believe me, watch Walmart. They force you to bring your stuff to a certain price point so it can be in their store. They wiped shit out. Home Depot and Lowe's. Home Depot definitely wiped out all them little all the little all the little um hardware stores. All the little knickknack stores and stuff where you used to just go get your little shit. A lot of them were owned by Asian people. Man, Walmart completely disintegrated those stores. Stores ain't there no more. All them little shops ain't ain't there no more. Gone. Walmart had a big effect on Toys R Us. And that was a conglomerate. Selling shit at a cheaper, cheap, cheap, cheap price that you can't match. Ain't nobody going in there no more. And then with the advent of online buying and all of that, come on, man. There's so, so many layers to this. That's why I just hate to see uh, black scholars blaming it all on black people. There's too many layers to it. It was not an even playing field to begin with. And when you don't have an even playing field to begin with, it is tough. It's tougher for you than any fucking body else when you were not even considered a human being, y'all. At all. And what do we do? We get there, we hate each other. We beef with each other. We kill each other. And this is on a different level. Now, I'm talking about people who've made it. Made it. We talk about each other's dead children on records. We talk about each other's dead parents and grandparents on records, we're embarrassing ourselves and we don't even see it. And these are people that have made it to a certain spot in their life and they're good. And they're good. It's the same shit. Like you would think with beef that we have learned and we ain't learned nothing, y'all. Nothing. Nothing. Not a fucking thing. Nothing. We'll take a short break. More coming up on Kibbutz, son, the podcast. My name is Ed Lover. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This portion of Come On Sun, the podcast is brought to you by McDonald's Best Burgers Ever. And guess what? Who's better to tell you about these hamburgers than the Hamburglar himself? Mr. Hamburglar, it is an honor and a privilege to have you on, come on, son, the podcast. What can you tell me about these burgers? Lucky for y'all. I speak Hamburglar, and what Hamburglar was trying to say in his Hamburglar-esque way, McDonald's classic burgers are hotter and juicier than ever before. Their patties are cooked to juicy perfection. The cheese is perfectly melted. The Big Mac has more special sauce in every bite. The pillowy soft golden bun is a thing of beauty. What he's saying is, try McDonald's best burgers ever at a McDonald's near you. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you know you're getting a real deal. Whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag or watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gym, or sneakers and streetwear that makes every step feel fly. It's like the first time... I was looking for them Jordan 1s, like when they really came out and I couldn't get my hands on them. And it was something about that sneaker that I always wanted to have because I never got it in the very, very, very beginning. I fell in love with that sneaker. And when I finally got it, oh, baby. These days, to know for sure you're getting a real deal, go straight to eBay when you're searching. Just look for that blue check mark. It will say authenticity guarantee. That means when you buy it, you can be confident that it's authenticated by real experts. You got to get it from eBay because then you know you got the real deal. Now you know that when something is limited and you can't find it, you can find it on eBay. Listen, when you're finally ready to buy that thing that you love, you have to make sure you're not going to catch a fake. They're everywhere, and it's really tough to tell the difference for yourself. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, that's easy. So again, look for the blue check mark. That way, when it hits your doorstep, not only do you know it's real, but that feeling you get when you put it on is also for real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com 
for terms. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City, one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. with giveaways dropping every hour on the hour. It's the perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free. It's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Welcome back. Come on, son. The podcast. Very happy to to have this podcast. It's not easy, in my opinion, to do podcasts without kind of stepping on on people's back and and stepping in to uh things that are sometimes deemed as being controversial. Uh and in actually having an opinion on something, um, I think it's just too many people out here that want to live the type of lifestyle that they want to live, but don't want you to have an opinion or to promote the way you want to live your lifestyle. I think that's what I was really trying to find the words to say. Like, Everywhere you turn, right, it's, it's so evident in t- today's society. Whether you're talking about people that want to be accepted as having a different lifestyle as far as what their gender is, or if you're having people that want to live a certain religious lifestyle, um, or you want to talk about people that just have a certain race and want to want to uphold their race. It, it you know it is nothing wrong with you wanting to be what you want to be if you're not hurting anybody else in the in the in the meantime. As long as nobody else is suffering or you're trying to hold somebody else back you should be able to be free to say what you want to say. Like we supposed to have free speech, but a lot of people are afraid to have free speech because they are afraid that they're going to be canceled or something is going to be taken away from them or something of, of that nature. That's why there's so much beef going on. Give you a classic example. There was I I can't even remember the young lady's name, but I know it went, it went crazy on TikTok, she did a thing called Who the Fuck Did I Marry? And she threw this guy, I think it's he's a Nessa Ressa or Ressa Nessa. She threw a guy under the bus, say he told a bunch of lies about where he worked at, what he had. Uh, she met him online. It was during the pandemic. There's a whole lot of stuff that was behind it, but a lot of people watched it. So, of course, one of the radio shows in New York City, The Breakfast Club, Envy, Big Up Envy, Big Up Charlemagne. And um, and everybody over there, right? Uh, of course, Jess Hilarious, love her, big her up to. Um, they spoke upon it. So Charlemagne called the girl a big back, right? He was, I, I guess, he was just joking. The next thing you know, T.S. Madison goes on her podcast, and I've had her on my podcast, and I love her daily. And it was almost like a threat went out towards Charlemagne, and almost like let's cancel Charlemagne for calling this girl. A big back, but you 
you you can't cancel people for stating how they feel about something. We're not we can't get to the point where we're canceling people for having an opinion if the opinion does not agree with your opinion. Okay, if I sit on my podcast and as much as I think Lizzo is super talented, and I say I don't want to see Lizzo naked or in a thong or something like that. Isn't that my opinion? Isn't that my right to feel that way as much as this Lizzo's right to wear whatever she wants to wear? I'm not in a position to hurt Lizzo or is Lizzo in a position to hurt me? Suppose Lizzo just does not care for skinny pot belly dudes like me. Suppose Lizzo went on a podcast and was like, you know what? I, uh, Ed Lover need to keep his shirt on. Would y'all say that Lizzo was body shaming me? Would you go into this whole thing about canceling Lizzo? Of course you would not. We're at a point now where it's almost damn near impossible to joke or to feel a certain way about someone's appearance without people coming into the cancer culture. Or are we just clout chasing, jumping on it just because Somebody said something. I think everybody should be pretty free to say what they want to say. That's why we're supposed to have freedom of speech. But do we really have freedom of speech? Do we really? Can you really state something that you think is fact? And who's fact-checking checking all of this stuff that's going on? Who's fact-checking it? It's like we're lost we get so caught up and lost in this fantasy world of what's right and what's wrong that we forget what's right there in front of our face, and that's each other as human beings. You don't even know what you're taking away from somebody when you go on this rampage of canceling. Because there were so many people of different ethnicities, different religions, and different sexualities that were canceled for so many years that you don't want to start that because now that you're being recognized for what you truly are, what you truly feel that you are, now that you're up there and people are recognizing you and respecting you and, and listening to you, now you want to turn around and cancel some somebody else but a real problem that we're having is some of this stuff that the government is shoving down our throat some of these chemicals that we're putting in that they're putting in our food some of these things and, and and vaccines and other things that are lying within the medicines that they're giving us and we're not trying to cancel that we're too busy arguing with each other and beefing with each other and wanting to cancel each other if a, a, a podcaster says, I don't believe that transgender men should be able to use the same bathroom, like a woman that, a, a, a man that transgenders into a woman should be able to use the same bathroom as a regular woman. Oh my God, cancel him. He's anti this, he's anti that, anti blah, 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 blah. If a woman says that, I don't believe that women that is transgendering, that are becoming men, should be able to use the same bathroom as men that were born with men genitalia. It, the cancel culture just goes 
out the damn window, but we're not paying attention to the shit that's right in front of us. Because we're so self-centered and self-absorbed now in this world that we really don't even care about other fucking people. We don't care at all. We don't care. I put something out there the other day because I, I woke up. Uh, I had taken a nap. And I woke up. Yeah, a nap. I, I took a nap and I woke up and I found out that two of the gentlemen, well, I shouldn't even call them gentlemen, but two of the men that were accused of Jam Master Jay's death who had went to court, Brooklyn Federal Court, were found guilty of killing Jam Master Jay. Called Jordan Jr. and Ronald Tenard Washington. And I said, damn, after all of these years, after all of these years, this is, this is what happens. It's about damn time. And I don't see nobody, nobody trying to cancel murder in our neighborhoods. I don't see little to nobody up in arms about this thing. It's another byline. It, it is not an entire, I'm, I'm quite sure somebody's going to do a whole expose about it that I'll be able to read at a later date. But we're so busy arguing about gender and 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 religion and and everything else, comedians going at comedians, all of that, that it's okay for us to think about murder like, uh, it happened so long ago. Uh, we don't really care. Somebody died. Uh, I wasn't even old enough when Jam Master J and Run DMC was around, so uh, I don't care. Oh, that we just we just lost in everything else instead of trying to stop these kind of things from happening. And it's been under the microscope and the bright lights because of who Jam Master Jay was. But there are thousands and thousands of mothers and fathers out there that are burying their children due to homicide. And we're not saying, hey. Let's stop homicide. The first thing we want to do is fight and, and, and threaten and, and talk crazy to each other. Violence is the first thing that we always think about. We don't think about sitting down, trying to come together as a nation and doing something to stop this amount of violence that's going on. All we think about is, ah, he said something wrong about the LGBTQ community Cancel him. Ah. He said something about religion. Cancel him. Ah. Cancel, 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 cancel. Threaten, 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 threaten. Somebody should whip somebody's ass. That's why Pac is dead. Big is dead. Jay is dead. Nipsey's dead. Pop Smoke is dead. And a thousand others that I could continue to name because what we're concerned about is not love anymore. What we're concerned about is minuscule bullshit that doesn't affect your everyday life, but we are less concerned about each other because we love beef. 
We love it. Now, let me take this opportunity to talk about Jam Master Jay and the convictions of Carl Jordan Jr., a.k.a. Little D., and Ronald Tenard Washington. You know what saddens me the most about it? Let me give you a little picture of where we grew up. When we grew up during the early days of hip-hop, Queens was a laughable borough. KRS-One said Queens keeps on faking it. The Bronx, if it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably would never be going on, right? KRS-One went up against Shan and Shantae and Molly and the Juice crew, which included some prominent MCs from Brooklyn by the name of by Big Daddy Kane and others. G-Rap was part of the Juice crew. Okay? And uh, he went in on Molly. He went in on Magic. He went in on Shantae. He went in on MC Shan. And he said, Queens keeps on faking it. Not Queens Bridge, where they're from. The entire Queens was thrown under the fucking bus. Run DMC put the entire borough on the map, and especially Hollis. Now, there's not a lot of difference, y'all, between Hollis, Farmers, St. Albans, Laurelton. There's not a lot of difference between that. Um, Queens Village, Cambria Heights, Bayside. It's not a lot of difference. It's not a lot. South Jamaica, Queens. It's not a lot. Brooklyn is way bigger than Queens is. It's not a lot of difference. If you grew up in that area of Flushing, all over there, Left Rack, Queensbridge, people that was rapping and that was doing things knew everybody else that was rapping and doing things. Everybody knew. The swagger that Run DMC had came from Jam Master J. We've talked about this before. Everyone knows this. Now, when Run DMC were huge, at one point they were on profile records, but they were managed by Run's brother, Russell Simmons, and Rush. That was the name of his uh, management company, Rush. And he had Curtis Blow. He had Run DMC. He had a whole plethora of people, including my group No Face at one time. Eric B. and Rakim, LL Cool J, Jekyll and Hot, and like a lot of everybody. Andre Harrell used to work there. Leo Cohen worked there. Run DMC at that time in the early 80s, 83 up until, you know, they stopped be, being as popular as they were, was the rulers of the kingdom. Every way, shape, or form. There was nobody, including the Juice Crew, <coughs> on KRS-One, none of them. Boogie Down Productions, nobody in any borough that could touch Run DMC. And that swagger, the Godfather hats, 
everything came from Run DMC and especially from Jam Master J. Now, at one point, when they were huge, called Jordan Jr. Little D, father, well, who we called Big D from Hollis, was Run DMC's road manager. Everybody around the way knew Big D. Everybody knew him. Now, according to what they are saying, I don't know. I wasn't at the baptism or anything. Little D, who was convicted of killing Jam Master J, who they say is the one that actually shot Jay in the head, was Jay's godson from Hollis. Ronald Tenard Washington, they say, was living in Jay's sister's house from Hollis. When running them was rocking, before anybody paid attention to Queens, when running them came out, it was moving around, Hollis crew was there. Hollis crew. I'm telling y'all this from experience because I grew up on 209th Street and 113th Avenue. Jay grew up on 205th Street right off of Hollis Avenue. I'm a few blocks in. Jay was right off of Hollis Avenue. If you go down Hollis Avenue and go to 209th Street, you got to cross a couple of avenues before you get to my block. But Jay's block was right off of Hollis Avenue in a group called Two-Fifth Down. It is a shame that two dudes from the Hollis crew killed Jam Master Jay. That shit disgusts me to no end. As somebody that's supposed to be your godson and someone else that's living in your sister's house murdered Jam Master J. They were just found guilty of it. Murdered Jam Master J. Kick off your shoes, jump on the jock, and listen to the Jam Master as he starts to rock. His name is Jay, and he's on his way to be the best DJ in the U.S. of A. J-A-Y are the letters of his name, cutting and scratching all the aspects of his game. So check at the master as he cuts these jams and look at us with the mic in our hands. Let's take a count. One, two, three. Jam Master J run DMC. This has been going on. Excuse me. I still have Jay's obituary in my house. This has been going on for so, so many years. So many years, y'all. And these two names just kept floating around. Nobody wanted to say it out loud. Nobody stood and wanted to say it to the police. But you just kept hearing, Tanard and Little D did it. Tanard and Little D did it. And finally, Tony Ricone testified. Lydia Hyde testified. They didn't want to testify then in fear of retribution. And I can't blame them because somebody came into Jay's studio and killed Jam Master Jay. You're not getting in a witness protection program and moved all around and all of this stuff. So they had to protect themselves. But finally, it's come to light and they got convicted for it. 
I remember the night that it happened. I remember being in Madison Square Garden watching the Knicks game and hearing about it and rushing back over to Merrick Boulevard where Jay's studio was and standing out there crying with the homeboys and finding out that Jay had been killed. The shit that saddens me is that it came from within, inside the Hollis crew. And you can brush it off. You can brush it off. You can say, well, Jay was dealing drugs and Jay was cut them out of a drug deal, which is what they say is true. But to kill that man, y'all, to kill somebody that single-handedly put hip-hop on a higher level that has ever been along with running D, to take that man away from his wife and his sons about a drug deal, and you still didn't get nothing out of it. That shit saddens me, man. It saddens me that we kill our own, the people that we grew up with, the people that were closest to us. Jay was always there trying to help out. Always there. And now you wonder why nobody wants to stay in the fucking hood. Jay wasn't no drug dealer. He was dabbling to try to get his money right because the IRS had fucking took everything from him. He tried to keep that studio in the neighborhood so cats like 50 Cent and, and, and his nephew and other people would have a place to record so that Onyx can come out of that. To put other people on from the neighborhood. If he didn't stay, he would got talked about. But he did stay and he got killed. And it happens Way too often. Way too often. Can you play me a little bit of Jam Master J, please? Jay was special on the turntables and in a lot of different ways. Remember when Jay rapped on pause? Remember that? Can you play me a little bit of Jam Master Jay rapping on pause, please? He gave so much to have his life taken away from him by people that he loved and trusted. People that he helped from his own neighborhood. You can't even look at it the right way. It, was no, it wasn't nobody from outside that neighborhood. If you ever seen the Supreme team, they tried to say the Supreme and them did it. Supreme was like, nah, man, I love Jay. I, we ain't. We ain't had nothing to do with that. It came from the fucking Hollis crew, y'all. That shit blows my fucking mind. 
that Jam Master J is no longer with us because of people that he knew and loved, that he called friends, that he helped. He helped us all in one way or another. If Run DMC never did the pilot for your TV raps, there would have been no need for a Fat Five Freddy. And then after that, no need for an Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. I am forever indebted to Run DMC for that. No cap. They did the pilot. The pilot took off. They hired Freddie. Then that took off. They needed a daily show. They hired me and Dre. They mean so much to me in the annals of hip-hop and in the annals of my career. They came. They did Who's the Man with us. They did a cameo on Who's the Man. They were on time. They were professional. We was happy. I watched this thing grow from its infancy to becoming a worldwide phenomenon. I watched us all be proud to be from Queens because of Run DMC and to be taken out by people that is right there next to you is fucking ridiculous, man. Jay will always be a king to me, man. Always. And I'll always be down with the king. I'm about to get out of here, but before I do, I want you to play me a little bit of P-Rock, CL Smooth, Run DMC, Down With The King. Down with the king for years, about ten of them. Recruiting suckers, macking, micing, making men of them. Tears and fears for my peers, they risen. You think that it is, it is, if not it isn't. Race for the border, my daughter could be to banging out. Cheeks rocking beats in the streets and it's time for hanging out. Gather or rather from a circle around out loud. Just cause brothers or others could never ever rock a crowd. Is it because he's running off with the mouth? Or was he really clearly trying to play a nigga out? out? No, shut him down, the king with the crown. Cause all you wanna be is sticky down. We're running them set about Jay at his funeral. And like all fairy tales end, we'll see Jay again, my friend. Wow. What a loss, but I'm glad that they solved it. Hopefully sometime soon, somebody will go to trial for Tupac and somebody will go to trial and get convicted for Biggie. Too much beef going on, man. Need more love. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you next week on Come On, Son, the podcast. Be good if you can't be good. Be careful. Can't be careful. Then your baby jam, Master J. Next time we ride together, slide together, laugh out loud together. Ed Lover, Krista, Cam P. God bless each and every one of y'all, and thank y'all for tuning us in and not tuning us out. We get the good shit, never the bullshit. Right here is Come On, Son, the podcast. Rest in peace, Jay. And thank you, New York City and New York City Police Department for not letting it go. Until next week, good, son. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.